Welcome to Getting Social with the Curious Cowgirl, a podcast that is all about teaching antiques and vintage business owners step-by-step how to utilize social media to cultivate new clients and increase sales. Hey y'all, I hope everybody is doing well today. I'm Mary the Curious Cowgirl and I am so glad that you are here with me because I have a very fun topic that I want to explore with you all that really sort of begins with a question and you're going to have to be honest. Raise your hand if this applies to you. How many of you feel like you probably have broken the law of Goya? Raise your hand. I know I have. Now, some of y'all are probably thinking, I, I have no idea. What does Goya even mean? How would I know if I've broken the law of Goya if I don't even know what Goya is? Good question. All right. So Goya stands for getting off your, you know, getting off your, that's what Goya is. So the law of Getting off your is a law that I know a lot of people have broken. And I think that there's some really interesting reasons why people, you know, have a very hard time kind of getting going. And when I think about getting going, you all know that I'm really talking about learning how to utilize social media to market your antique or vintage business. And I want to share with y'all before I sort of get into some of these, I guess, obstacles or issues that people have that really prevent them from just, you know, moving forward and getting going. Um, I I want to share with you all, let me move my camera a little bit. I want to share with you all, um, you know, just some, some interesting observations that I've had over the last, I guess, about 60 days, because If you listen to my podcast or you watch my training videos um, on the regular, you know that my husband, Will, and I um, moved into an antique booth in an antique mall in Dallas about 60 days ago. We moved in like a couple days before Halloween. And so, uh, you know, I'm, as you all can appreciate, those of y'all who are um, in a mall or whatever, if you have a brick and mortar, you know that, you know, you're always messing with it. You're always looking for merchandise, taking merchandise to your booth or your store, you know, re-merchandising, or I I call it fluffing. You're always pricing. You're always, you know, kind of doing all the things. And I'm down there um, at the mall probably once or twice a week. And and the, the fun, one of the fun aspects of that is I've gotten to know some of the folks who have a booth around me. And, um, you know, just kind of, you know, chit chat with them. And the, the mall where we are does not require that the dealers do a shift. Um, but there are a number of dealers who do do a shift. And so I've gotten to know them because some of them are, you know, they're on Mondays or Tuesdays, whatever that looks like. And so as we, you know, visit most of the people that I've met so far, their booth is kind of their side hustle. It's not their primary job. There's a lot of folks at this mall who are designers and have a booth, um, kind of related to their design business, but there's a bunch of people like me who 
um, you know, do other things, but this is sort of their, you know, their side hustle or it's their hobby or whatever. So we visit about, you know, kind of, so what else do you do, (laughs) you know, besides have an antique booth? And so that always gives me the opportunity to share with them about the Curious Cowgirl. And I share with them about the travel blog side of my business, as well as my social media marketing consulting side of my business. And we always end up having these really interesting conversations about social media as it relates to advertising, you know, antiques or vintage. And of course, and you know, in the conversation, I always say to them, so do you have social media? Do you advertise your booth? And you know, and, it, and I would guess nine out of 10 conversations are exactly the same. And they always begin with, well, not really. I mean, I know that I need to, but I just, I'm not, I, I just haven't done it yet. Or I don't really know what I'm doing, but usually I haven't done it yet. And that happens all the time. And it, and I don't say that critically at all. I know that, um, you know, there's a lot of reasons why that's the case. We're going to talk about that today. So, you know, there's a lot of a lot of us in the industry who are sort of um, breaking the law of Goya. And, and so I want to visit with y'all about that today because I, I want to share with you all not only, I think, some of the things that might, um, th- that held me back for a long time that might be holding you back and then how we can just push through that and, you know, get off our rear ends and get going with learning how to better market our antique and vintage businesses. I think it's just really important. So let me go through. I've got five, you know, obstacles or issues or things that I think are real common that people deal with. So let's go through these together. The first one is something that I, I still have to really work on all the time. And that is the trap of falling into the trap of comparison. So when you're on social media, it's very, very easy for all of us, especially if you're, if you're thinking about utilizing social media for your business, you're kind of looking at social media differently than if you're just looking at social media to see, you know, pictures of friends, you know, grandchildren or their cats or whatever, right? So if you're, if you're really, if you really kind of have your business hat on, Then as you interact on social media, I think it's very easy to fall into the trap of comparison because social media, you know, by design, they didn't do this on accident. They show us how many followers we have and how many followers, you know, every account we're looking at has, right? And a a specific number is a very quantifiable thing. And so that's a really easy basis for comparison. And I think it that is a really easy trap to fall into in terms of you know looking at your own account and going, well, I only have 200 followers and this other antique dealer or vintage dealer has, you know, 2000 followers and, you know, I'm, I'm never going to get there. So why should I even start? Right? Like that's very easy. And I have absolutely and still do catch myself doing that all the time is comparing, you know, comparing how many followers I have to other people. And y'all, here's the deal. And I'm saying this as much to myself as I am to you. It does not make any difference how many followers somebody else has versus how many followers you have. What we want is the right followers. It's, it's about, it's, it's the age old truth in life. It's about quantity, quality over quantity. Okay. And so, you know, lots of followers doesn't necessarily mean 
that those people are a very engaged audience, you know. Um, I would much rather have a smaller audience, a smaller number of followers, but my followers are very, very loyal and interested in what I'm talking about than a really big following and hardly any of them are paying attention to what I'm doing, right? So comparison is, um, is dangerous and it's really, and it's meaningless. It's all about um, attracting the right people, um, you know, the people who are really interested in you, not volumes of people. Okay. The other, I think, trap of comparison that we fall into a lot too, is that concern over how many likes we get on any posts that we put out there. Now, I will say that, um, there is a correlation between likes and how widely the algorithm is distributing our posts. And I, you know, and I've got some other podcasts you can go back and listen to about the algorithm. In fact, I'll link to one of my podcasts about um, things you need to know about the algorithm that has a lot to do with how widely distributed our content is. Um, so there is some truth to that. But in, but in terms of having that be a motivator or, or a reason for you to just say, I'm never going to, you know, get up and get going with this because I just don't have anybody liking what I'm doing. That's a really easy trap to fall into. And it, and it's not real and it's not true. And it's something that you can overcome. Um, you can increase your likes. You can increase followers who really want to see your content by, um, having really quality content by being on the platform consistently and having a good plan. Again, I have a whole other podcast about that very topic, but this is a very common obstacle. Comparing yourself, feeling like you're not good enough, you're not popular enough, you're not well-liked enough, whatever it is, and then just saying, I, I just, I, I can't move forward because I just don't feel like anybody's paying attention to me. That's super normal. We all deal with it. I have to talk myself through that all the time, all the time. All right. Um, another, um, another issue that I think, um, I know I have dealt with this in the past and I'm sure that some of y'all may resonate with this too. And that is the feeling that you're really late to the game. Okay. Um, I, on some level, I think that social media, I think it's less now, but I, I, I think in the antiques and vintage industries, I think there's a lot of people who look at social media as being a young person's game and that they're just too old to do it. Um, and that, and that they're so late to the game kind of that, I mean, kind of why bother? I know that when I first started building my brand on social media as a travel blogger, this has been about four years ago now. Um, you know, I had, a, I had a number of friends that who, that have been actually become incredibly, incredibly important mentors to me, but they started blogging five years ago, six years ago. And five, six years ago, blogging was a very um, new form of communication. Um, social media was newer. Instagram was new. Um, Facebook had been around for a while, but Instagram was new. And it was much easier to get a really big following more quickly, six, seven, eight years ago than it is now. Um, and, and so I would look at... Um, you know, I, I would look at the fact that they had started before me and I was just starting, you know, three years ago, four years ago, whatever. And I was so late to the game that I would never catch up, which again is kind of that comparison trap, right? Um, 
And so if you feel like the technology aspect of social media or just the, the way that people use social media to communicate is something that you're just kind of too late to the game to really embrace, I want to encourage you to kind of um, set that thought process aside. There are unbelievably successful people in every single age group utilizing social media. It doesn't have one single thing to do with your age. And there is never a late time or a wrong time to start. You know, the best time to start anything is yesterday. I say that all the time. So don't let the idea that you're just too late to the game prevent you from kind of getting up and getting going with learning how to use social media. All right, another um, obstacle that that I hear people and I, that I hear people say a lot, and you'll laugh at this. This is not something that I have have necessarily struggled with, but but if you've been following me for very long and you know my personality, you could kind of appreciate this. But a lot of people I know worry that they're that they're going to feel stupid on social media, especially when you know um, they have to kind of contemplate the idea of doing what I'm doing, talking to the camera or showing your face, you know, whatever. Um, a lot of people I, th- I know think, okay, I'm just going to feel like an idiot. I'm going to feel stupid and I don't want to do this. Now, I mean, again, if, you, if you've been paying attention to me at all for any length of time, you know that I'm, <laughs> I'm a pretty, you know, big personality person. And that, um, that doesn't bother me as much. Um, I don't have that. I guess I don't have that much of a filter and that's probably a bad thing in some contexts, but I definitely know that a lot of people really wrestle with that. I I also think part of it for me is I was a teacher. I I am still a teacher, uh, but my first formal job was teaching and I taught high school. I mean, and you got, man, you got to be like Teflon and bulletproof to be able to stand up in front of a bunch of teenagers day after day after day. And you know, I've done a lot of public speaking in life, you know, whatever. So I'm, that doesn't make me nervous, but I know for a lot of people that is an obstacle. The fear of feeling like somebody's going to watch what, what is being posted on social media and think, oh my gosh, what are they doing? Um, you know, truth be told you all, and if you kind of reflect on yourself a little bit, I bet this is true. And most people are not paying that close of attention, to be honest, you know, and even if in the moment they, they think, what are they doing? Well, first of all, if that's their reaction, they're not your person. Okay. Cause I'm sure that anything that you all would do regarding marketing your antique or vintage business would not be stupid. And so people who see your content and might think that, okay, one, they're not your people. And two, the good and the bad about social media is that it it does tend to kind of wash over people quickly. That's why we have to be on social media very frequently, uh, because it you know if you think about your own experience in social media, you know people talk about you, you're scrolling, you're scrolling, you're scrolling. People just don't retain or remember a lot that happens on social media. So even if something you do is you know in your estimation a little cringy or whatever, well I mean three minutes from now, ain't nobody going to even remember that you did it. You know what I'm saying? So I, I want to encourage you not to let that fear of feeling dumb be an obstacle. I, I, I don't think that that's um, real and I don't think it's valid. I don't think it's something you need to be concerned about. Um, all right. Number four. Okay. Kind of related. The fear of worrying that we're doing it wrong. I hear people say that to me all the time. I'm worried I'm going to do it wrong. Okay. So again, I want, I really want you all to hear this. There is no way to do it wrong. You're, you're not doing it wrong. You can't do it wrong. 
the wonderful thing about social media is that there's almost a limitless number of ways to have a presence on social media and none of them are wrong. Um, you know, what works for one person may not work for another, right? And so does that make somebody's technique wrong if it doesn't work for them? Well, no, it, it just doesn't work for them. It works for somebody else. You can't do it wrong. And in fact, it's like, you know, think about, um, you know, your own antique or vintage business. I am sure that you are a lot better at it now than you were in the beginning. In fact, let me, let me share this with you all. Um, I've been um, working on inventory and, you know, kind of improving the inventory that I have to take down to my antique booth and also what I sell on Instagram. And I'm a collector. And so um, when I first started about two years ago, in the back of my mind, thinking that I might at some point start selling, I began to acquire some things that I would be willing to sell as opposed to, you know, keeping for my own personal collection. And now that I've, you know, sort of been um, on the selling side a little more formally, I now know that some of the things that I bought in the beginning are, are really not what my audience is looking for. I guess you could look at that as a mistake or that I did it wrong, but the way that I, I choose to look at it is I just understand better what my um, potential clientele is looking for. And that, and, and some of the stuff that I bought in the beginning, there's a lot of people who do buy those things and do collect those things, probably just not my audience. Okay. Well, I mean, I didn't do it wrong. I'm just learning how to do it better. Right. The same thing applies to social media. I can look back in like on my Instagram account, I can scroll to the very beginning of when I first started on Instagram and look at my posts. I can look at my images. I can look at my captions. I wasn't doing it wrong at all. That I was on it to begin with is good, right? I mean, kind of give, give yourself credit where credit is due. I was on the platform talking about, you know, my business, my, at the time, only my travel blog. I wasn't doing anything wrong, but I can look at what I'm doing now and it's a lot better. My images are a lot better. My captions are a lot better. I wasn't doing it wrong in the beginning. It's like anything else in life. You get better the more that you do it. Okay. So the fear that you're going to be doing it wrong, that's not, that's not a valid reason for not getting off your rear end and getting going with it. You can't do it wrong. You can only do it better over time. Okay. All right. And so I guess the last, I guess what I would say obstacle, and I think this ne probably next to the fear of, you know, technology or that, you know, which is almost a non-issue as far as social media goes. Um, I think maybe one of the very biggest obstacles that I, I think people wrestle with is the idea that they don't have enough time. And I've done other podcasts and other trainings on the con on, on this idea of I don't have enough time. So I don't want to belabor it too much in this, um, in this training. All I will say to you all is this, and every one of you all know this because you are fully functioning adults that have businesses, right? All of us know that we make time for what's important. And I mean, and that runs the gamut of our lives from, you know, our family, our friends, our household tasks, our what our business tasks, whatever we have to do, when something becomes important enough, we make time for it. Okay. And 
even things that aren't important that we make time for, sometimes those things are things that we do because we are in the habit of doing them. And I think that's where social media comes in. Um, Social media is very important for marketing. It's important for your business. It's important for client cultivation and, and all of that. But being on social media to market your business can also become a habit that is a good habit that we make the time for every day. Okay. So I'll, you know, all I'm going to say is I just don't, um, you know, the idea that we don't have time just doesn't hold water. You know, when I, at the end of the day, when I, you know, kind of think about, okay, I had a couple things on my list of you know things I wanted to accomplish today that I didn't get done. I can assure you that I could go back and replay my whole day and identify some moments during my day where I was just fiddle farting around, you know, whatever. And I could have gotten that thing done. I just didn't make it a priority. So, I mean, I think if we're all being really honest with ourselves, the idea that I just don't have time is just not valid, okay? And as I've said to y'all many times before, the more you do social media, the more you work at it, the better you get at it, the easier it gets, um, the more efficient you are at it, and it will take less time the more you do it because you get better at it, okay? So think about that. All right, so... I want to really encourage you all to not kind of violate the law of Goya. Um, I I bet you that there is not a single person who is watching this training video, listening to this podcast, who's like, yeah, I don't don't really want to be doing social media. You're here with me because you know it's important, right? You're here with me because you want to learn how to do it. You're here with me because you need some motivation. You need, you need some help. You need a reason to kind of make the decision that you're going to do it. And uh, and I want to walk alongside you all and help you do that. I've had a lot of people along the way help me. A lot of people walk alongside me. You know, I've shared this with y'all before. I've taken tons of classes and, you know, tons of been to seminars and lectures and read articles, all, you know, whatever, all for the purpose of learning how to better market my business on social media. And I know on some level y'all are interested in doing that too, or you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't want to, um, you wouldn't be here with me otherwise. Um, you all, there's, there's really, there's a lot of things that are fulfilling about, about making an effort to be on social media besides the fundamental obvious, which is cultivating new clients so that you can make more sales. I mean, at the end of the day, that is the, that is the goal, right? You know, if you are selling vintage and antiques, well, you want to be selling more vintage and antiques. I don't think anybody, you know, looks back at the end of the year and goes, yeah, I sold enough. You know, I think everybody kind of goes, I would have loved to have sold more, you know, whatever that looks like. So, um, Besides kind of the fundamental reason of self-marketing your business, there's really some other great benefits from being on social media. I think one of the interesting benefits is kind of that scratching that creative itch. And I really find that a lot of people who are selling vintage and antiques are very creative people. And, and I, I mean, I think this is why you have to have a good eye when you look at old things to see the potential in them right? And all of us know, have lots of friends, family, whatever, that are not into quote old things. They don't have an eye for it. They don't have a vision for it. They don't know how, how it would look in their home or in their life. Uh, but as a, a dealer, you have to have that vision. You have to have that creative ability 
to look at an object and, and think about ultimately where it might end up, whether it's in someone's home or in a museum or in a tablescape or, you know, whatever it is. Um, social media is a very creative effort. And I think you will find, if you will give yourself the opportunity to give it a whirl, that it will scratch that creative itch. Um, it, it's, it becomes fun to think of create the creativity and the, the different ways that you can communicate a very similar message, which is, this is what I have for sale. So I think that's one of the benefits, kind of fun um, byproducts of being on social media. Another one is the opportunity to educate. And I, I, I cannot underscore the importance of this enough to you all because I spend, you know, just as a, as a person who utilizes social media for a lot of different reasons, I spend a lot of time on social media to educate myself. It is amazing what I learn from other dealers that I follow on social media. Now, there are certainly dealers out there that all they're doing is just showing what they're selling. And I mean, and there's value in that because I sometimes I buy those things. But there's a lot of dealers who understand the um, importance of varying how you talk about what you have for sale. And one of the ways that you can do that is to... Um, explain why a piece is valuable, interesting, collectible, rare, what the provenance is. All of those things are highly interesting to potential clients and customers, and they're also highly educational. I learn a lot from other dealers on social media about the age of things, um, you know, whatever, all the obvious. And so, I think that's another, you know, kind of benefit of being on social media is to be able to gift other people with your knowledge. You know, I one of the things I love about antique dealers and, you know, can't wait for the moment when we get to go back to, you know, antique shows again, but I love how most dealers are incredibly giving and kind when asked questions about what they're selling. Um, you know, I think a lot of us are, you know, are teachers at heart. You know, we want people to appreciate what we're selling and not just from the standpoint of trying to communicate the value of something so you can make a sale, but really wanting to educate people. I find that people in the antiques and vintage industries are very giving with their knowledge. And that feels good, you know, to share that information with people and have them learn something and better appreciate, even if ultimately they end up not buying from us, they're better, they appreciate more what it is we're selling. And I think that just strengthens the community as a whole. So, you know, that's kind of another benefit of social media. So I really want you all to kind of do some um, honest self-reflection. I want you all to kind of think about the law of Goya. And are you breaking that law? You know, are you, you know, did any of these obstacles resonate with you? Anything I said today, did you go, oh yeah, that's kind of me. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it is because I can point the finger right back at myself. And if any of, you know, sort of those, um, you know, obstacles or difficulties, you know, really rang true to you. And then you also said to yourself, okay, I really want to get over myself and move forward um, and learn how to do this. Okay, good. I'm in. I want to do it with you. I want to help you. Uh, I, I, I want you to embrace social media. I want you to show the world what you have. 
I want you to make more sales. You know, at the end of the day, that's what I want for you. And that's what I want for our whole industry. So stay with me, stay on this ride with me. I've got lots of good information, lots of great opportunities that are going to be coming to all of you all who are a part of my community. And um, I will be excited to be on this journey with you every step of the way. All right. Y'all take care. Talk to you soon. Bye.